Hey fellow elk fanatics, if you're completely obsessed with elk hunting like me, then join me every Wednesday for tips, tactics, and stories on elk hunting, from elk hunting legends to fellow DIYers. This is the Rich Outdoors Wapiti Wednesday. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jonathan. What's up? We're back. Uh, I'm back. What'd you say? Oh, first of all, we should probably should probably tell the people what they want to hear. Oh boy. You know? I mean why I mean why I'm co hosting the podcast, oh. which is now it's now partly mine because Yeah. Because you're co hosting guest of the year. Oh, that's right. That's right. So <laughs> I forgot about that. that out of the way. First things first. Guest of the year gets to co host this year. Mm, so yeah. That's nice. I'll be interviewing you. <laughs> uh, when were you you were on Summertime, sometime we did. It was we, before season. Yeah, we were ramping up. I think we were midsummerish, kind of getting scouting was cranked up, and and of course he smoked a giant. We were talking big things, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't think it was that giant, but <laughs> it was good. I, honestly, it was probably makes me sound like a complete jerk, but I was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one, no one cares about you being disappointed about a three seventy seven bull. No, it was three seventy. Three seventy. Three seventy. Yep. Still, pretty good bull. No, awesome bull. Awesome season, but... So, we were going to do... Uh, Sean and I were talking about doing, like, Tag Tuesday for, I guess, every state-by-state. State. But we kind of decided that everyone else has it nailed down pretty well. I mean, Epic does an an epic job at, you know, tags. Everyone's kind of got a tag podcast now. So, um, I think today, let's just kind of go over a little bit of like our tag strategies, kind of the same stuff we usually talk about anyway, uh, plans, how we think about it. Uh, I guess we're both kind of elk nuts. So elk's number one. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of just kind of break down how you think about tags, how you, cause yours is like, I would say a completely different level. I mean, you don't go on, a, you don't go on as many hunts as a lot of the hunting industry dudes, quote unquote, like I don't, I don't either, but I guess I still try to map out my season to put a bunch of hunts. Like what's your typical season look like? How many hunts? You get a pile of tags though. Yeah. I mean, I kind of do too, but I don't really prioritize. I get a pile of tags, but it's not that I'm going to go on them. Like yeah. I don't prioritize. I just want to have them just in case. Yeah. It just, it makes me feel good when I have a bunch of tags. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> All warm and tingly inside. <laughs> like before a season, just like look at them and mm-hmm. I lay them out on the table and then I like put them back away. <laughs> yeah. No, and I don't mind, I guess like I don't mind eating them either. Like it really yeah. doesn't bother me as long as I, I just want to have, like I have an idea when I go into the season of what hunts I want to do. And so I, I put in for everything that hopefully I can, I can draw what I want or kind of set it out how I want to lay it out and you know basically Montana elk is number one and everything else falls you know to That's the wayside right. you know behind that one so yeah it just depends on how that goes has it changed at all in the last couple of years because one of the things I got done talking about last podcast was the fact that uh you know this year I kind of want to focus on less hunts but put more time into them you know in the past it's always been like oh I could get this tag oh I could get that tag I even did that today and Sean had to talk me off a ledge, but it was like, you know, you're always trying to get too many tags and then you don't ever spend enough time. So this year it's like last year, I, or I guess 2018, I think I did a pretty good job of that, of not having too many tags, at least not having too many hunts to where I could, you know, I hate three day hunts, four day hunts like that sucks. Yeah. Um, so this year that's definitely my goal is 
have a couple like priority hunts and there's always gonna be stuff you like stack for a weekend hunt or get this tag like, Hey, maybe I'll get to go for a weekend or two, but you never know, right? Like you never know how much time you're going to have or how long some other tags you're going to take. I mean, it seems like you pretty much wrap up your Montana tag by like first week. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I want to, I think my goal for this year is to just hold back as long as possible. Still I, mean, last year. I know I say it every year, <laughs> but oh, it's hard to pass. It's hard to pass those big ones, but I think yeah. this year. You know, well, last just, year you had a Wyoming tag too, though. So you did have a reason to like fill one to go to the next one. Yeah. And I wasn't even the Wyoming tag this year was, I had a bull I wanted to hunt and it was the same thing that was like, you know, my, the main thing that had my, my number one bull from the summer, I mean, he basically mm. bugged out a couple of days before season. So after that, the kind of, you know, I kind of opened the book a little bit and, yeah. you know, I hunted, you know, several different places in the first week of the season, looked at, you know, a handful of my top kind of five bulls that I'd scouted and just ended up having a sweet scenario play out, you know, early in the season with a bull that I hadn't seen in two years, but I'd known him for four years and it's just like, That's I don't one. know. <laughs> the funny thing was I was looking for big thirds all summer, right? Yeah. Like, I just could not find a set of thirds, like all these big back-ended bulls, even like big front-end and big back-end, but just T-Rex thirds. I just couldn't find a set of thirds. And so when this one showed up and he just got the, you know, he had big, you know, 18, 18, 19-inch thirds, um, you know, and an 11-inch inline off his uh, Royal I got my attention yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fooled me a little bit. Big, big G1s. So, it's, you know, they scooped way out. And from a long ways away, I just assumed that, you know, he had matching, you know, twos to that, which the twos ended up being a little short. But, I mean, you're kind of, you're nitpicking at that point. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're splitting hairs, dude. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome hunt, awesome stock. So, Sweet bull. for those who don't know, Sean kills giants, has a room full of giants. But... How do you, when you like look at a tag, when you look at your strategy, I mean, you've kind of got Montana down pretty well, mainly because you can spend a stupid amount of time scouting. Uh, by the way, Sean texted me yesterday and was like, Hey, go on scouting. It's January, people. It's January. <laughs> Gotta take inventory, man. You <laughs> see what's left after the brutal yeah. rifle seasons. But when you look at like other states, how much does that come into play? Like, um, as far as what? As far as like choosing your, I mean, you're pretty picky. So do you right. like only try to pick units that are like really, really good? Or mm -hmm. yeah, I when I go to out of state tags, I'm looking for a home run. So it's um, uh, I'm gonna either eat it or I'm gonna kill a giant. That's that's my out of state strategy. And like I, we were talking about just putting in for tag, like ooh, I could draw this one, ooh, mm. I could draw that one. I used to be a lot more that way when I first kind of started playing the the out of state game in the West, but kind of as I've gone, I've gone on a few out of state hunts now and, um, and just in spending more time in Montana, it's like, man, I could, I could just put way more time here at home yeah. and, you know, get the hunts that I want to hunt, you know, here and, and kind of let those out of state hunts. Maybe I, I'm just more patient now with those. I think I'm willing to wait for, let the points build up and draw the tag I really want. Or, or if I find a bull, like, um, my Wyoming tag last year, I burned a bunch of points on that tag and, uh, but, but I knew the bull I wanted to hunt already. So mm -hmm. like I had scouted him and, and just cashed my points in to hunt that one bull, which <laughs> crazy. turned out to, to not work, but that's, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like I, yeah. um, I've hunted Utah and I've hunted Arizona, same thing there, just swinging for the fences. Um, 
just want to go down and have an awesome hunt and look for a giant and do you think it's that's it i guess do you think there's like still potential for that without being a max point holder yeah i think so i mean there's there's some there's a lot of stuff across the west i think that's you know untapped i mean the the book has been written on the popular units yeah i mean it's especially nowadays it's it's insane you know and like i don't really have any desire to to draw you know i don't know it's like some of the famous units where every bull's famous on instagram and yeah, yeah. you know i don't really i want to hunt the ones that nobody else is hunting or that's going to die of old age or yeah you know one that nobody knows about which is interesting because i, I think you know you have elk as a whole just growing in population in much of the West. And so, yeah, you know, you actually have the potential for new areas. It's not like mule deer. Mule deer aren't like just automatically like starting to grow and push into areas that they haven't before. So hunting big bucks is different than hunting big bulls, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Elk seem to be, I mean, taken off in a lot of places and like private land is something that I look at a lot. It's like where, where new elk herds are kind of expanding into private land and, and you know, a lot of times they're going to be able to get old there. So like that, that can be really interesting. And like, uh, I mean, states like Wyoming that have a ton of BLM yeah. and a lot, just a lot of, you know, if you, if you're a, if you're an Onyx hero and you like playing the, <laughs> the, the border game, like, like yeah. I do, like we, yeah. like a lot of us do, then, you know, I don't know. You could spend oh, here's an interesting, a lot of time looking at Here's an interesting thought because we had this conversation this summer that about Onyx creating um less people asking on private yeah and because you were you were talking to some people and they're like yeah nobody's asked me blah blah blah. and i do i I could see the correlation there because everyone's so busy hustling it's easier to hustle than it is to go ask permission right oh yeah so no one's gonna go ask permission nobody wants to hear no yeah like but that's the worst thing they could say like the (laughs) worst thing they could do is be like nope yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> cool. We'll try your neighbor. You know? <laughs> but even when they say no, they're usually they're like, they'll give you some information. They'll be like, yeah. No, nah, I got a great big bull back here. I'm saving him for myself. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. You also have a state section that wraps around the back. So, <laughs> you know? so Sean and I talked to this lady uh, this summer and she tried so hard to hide everything from us. And like the harder she tried to hide. Bless her heart. <laughs> I know. Nice she was lady. so nice. She couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah. Just a sweet lady. <laughs> She's like, wow, well, my sons are, they like, to bow hunt like oh, you guys are such nice young men and oh, maybe i'll tell you something yeah there are some elk that come down here every night well she's like oh i haven't seen elk in a while we drive like a couple miles on the way back and there's like elk a quarter mile half mile yeah, from her house bugling, yeah crossing the road in her backyard yeah no yeah. elk here lady but yeah i think that's definitely something that people don't think about it's just asking permission yeah, and then again, that takes time. I mean, it does. It's pretty hard to like. It's pretty hard to hustle the private stuff out of state. I mean, unless you have, you know, some inside info. Uh, that's. Dude, I think that's like the real key. You want to kill giants? Is it's just amount of time? I mean, you can be for sure attest to that. And then, like, that's the thing is like people choose units. Even if you choose a unit in your home state that's eight hours away, how much are you going to get a scout that versus the unit that's three hours away? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you try to keep it like within, I mean, like, I guess you still freaking travel all over. So it's, yeah, no, I don't really care. Like for Montana, it's whatever. Yeah. Oh, whatever. I mean, I, it doesn't really matter. Because the flip side is you're going to have so many people around, you know, Bozeman. Yeah. Like, good luck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I just want to go where the people aren't really, Yeah, you know, like, what, okay. What, what creates a big bull to you? Like age class or genetics or 
Yes. Just no yes. pressure, all of and it. And feed, yeah, yeah. Age. age How do you prioritize speed? it though? Uh, I mean, I, I would probably have to prioritize age. You know, I mean, if you're killing them young, if the bulls aren't getting old, yeah, but at the same time, bulls get old and die, and they never break three twenty. That's that's totally true. But I mean, you if you got a bull with great feed and great genetics, and he gets killed every year when he's four years old, you know, yeah. there's no point. I'd rather just hunt. You know, Montana. A lot of areas have. Great genetics, great feed. I mean, there, but there's, people. There's big bulls all over this state. Yeah. You know, it's actually kind of crazy. Yeah. So I mean, but don't don't come here. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you can't you can't find them. <laughs> so back to Wyoming because we were gonna do it. So Sean and I were gonna do this podcast on Wyoming. We're just uh, rambling. We're just rambling. Whatever. It's kind of tight strategy. It's kind of me just asking stupid questions. Uh, talk about your thoughts on type nine hunts. Yeah. For so, Wyoming. So in Wyoming, type nine hunts are basically archery only. And I would say like in the old days, that used to be like a benefit because you're like, oh, well, you can draw this tag. If you're an archery only hunter, you can draw this tag and it's easier. And you, know, you don't have to have the draws of, you know, some of the limited entry rifle tags. Right. But it seems like it's almost like centered people now. Yeah. I think like when the they opposite. first came out with the type nines, it was pretty cool. And like you, you could seemed like, I don't maybe there was less bow hunters or maybe it just took people longer to catch on or, or whatever it was. But it seemed like when the Type 9s first came out, you're like, okay, I got I was going to bow hunt. Any, like for me, if I want to draw a tag, and I'm going to bow hunt anyway. All of a sudden the Type 9 comes out and I've got a better chance to draw it or I can draw it with less points. It's like sweet. But now it's like the creeps definitely caught up and, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of people piling on the, the Type 9s to try to get in. But – it's so weird how Wyoming sets up the type nines. I mean, some, some of the good units have them and some don't. Um, and, and honestly for me, so, so like I said, if I'm going to draw Wyoming, I'm going to bow hunt it anyway. Um, I look at the type nines and I just like, the, I'm not going to go for any of those units. Uh, Cause m- mostly I just think there's too many, there's too many tags. And so, a lot of times they just stack those tags on top of other tags. So you're not really doing the math to figure out like, okay, yeah, that's a type nine that has, I don't know, a hundred tags, but there's also limited entry rifle tags that can get archery stamps. So you can stack those on top of it. Whatever. Yeah. So right? some type nines are exclusive and, mm-hmm. and I mean, if uh, I'll give the, the listeners enough credit to figure that out for themselves. Yeah. I mean, if they're, if they're listening to the rich outdoors, they're probably <laughs> gamed up on all that stuff, but yeah, there's, there's some that are ex- exclusive. So like you get the whole month of September to, to archery hunt and there's no rifle hunts, there's but no some rifle. are only two weeks and then the rifle hunt starts and then, um, there's others that, that overlap the whole mm. time. So the type nine really, I mean, it just doesn't give you a rifle tag <laughs> you know, basically. Yeah. So, and then, and then you can, you can also get just, you go, go for the, the type one units that <laughs> don't have a type nine. Um, and, and I think you're, you're probably a lot better off, you know, as a bow hunter for, for some of those units. Um, you know, you think most of those people are probably gonna be rifle hunters. So, mm. you know, if you, if you can hunt, um, the archery season on the type one, as a, that might be a better plan. As like a super hardcore bow hunter, do you? How much do you worry about tag numbers, and then how much do you look at the rifle tag numbers versus the bow tag numbers? Does yeah, it matter a lot. Yeah, really. Yeah, the rifle tags is it's a big deal. Just because that's just means you're going to have a lower age class. Yeah, it's just. I mean, the more rifle tags they are, uh, rifle tags a high percentage um, tag, and so you know the, the more of those there are, the less chance there is for for bulls to get old. So I mean, that's that's it. 
If you... I don't like rifle tags. <laughs> rifle tags, bad. Bad. Sean doesn't rifle hunt anything. <laughs> it's not true. Coyotes. Oh, coyotes. If you were just looking to kill a mature bull, like you weren't looking for big bulls, how would you approach things differently than you do? Or would you? As far as draws and things like that. I mean, if I just wanted to kill a mature bull, I'd probably just get general tags everywhere, yeah. you know, and just kill a bunch of them. How many days, like if someone was like, hey, Sean, I just want to kill an elk. Like, God dang it, you kill 370 bulls. Like, I just want to kill an elk, a 300-inch bull, right? Would you change anything about your strategy? Like, would you just focus on, you know, the, the areas with the least amount of people, the good genetics, the the numbers and all that stuff? Is like, I feel like a lot of people throw a dart at a board because they're like, oh, I'm just looking for any elk. I'm not, they're not putting the effort in that you do, obviously, because you're killing giants, but if they just put like a little bit of, like, it's like they, if they did the same strategy, but put a little more effort in. Yeah. I mean, if somebody put the, um, the same amount of effort that I do into just wanting to kill a bull, they would be <laughs> extremely successful. <laughs> I guess. Sure. I don't know if that's the way to answer that, but that's the truth. I mean, if you, if you're really focused in and, and tried to, you know, get in areas where elk are, aren't getting as much pressure, um, and you spend a lot of time scouting and you spend a lot of time, you know, honing your skills, all that stuff. Yeah. You, you probably do very well for yourself. <laughs> you know, but yeah, don't, I, I see what you're saying. I, I agree. I think a lot of people are just like, ah, I just got a gen tag, you know, just going to roll out to yeah. a public camping site and hike around. Yeah. And, like they just don't think outside of the box. I don't know, but maybe it's, um, if depends on how important it is to you, you know, uh-huh. but if you, if you just live and die, by like, man, I just want to, I just want to go out and kill a bull every year. And like, that's what you love to do. And you, you honestly don't care how big it is. And you're not just saying that cause you suck at hunting, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of people do, <laughs> and, and but you really just honestly want to kill a bull. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, like put your time in, you know, tr- try to go where everybody else isn't going. And I think the flip side, like to play devil advocate, devil's advocate against like how you roll is that there's like, for me, like being in elk and a shit ton of elk, that's fun. I love doing it. Like screaming bulls. Like Sean doesn't even own a bugle tube. <laughs> and so like, just like they still scream. I just don't scream back. I just true. listen, man. <laughs> You're such a good listener, bro. I am. <laughs> but like, there's like so the type. my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> the type of hunt, you know what I mean? Like if you're if like chasing bulls in the Aspens and, screaming balls in is your thing. And there's something to be said for that too. Um, Yeah. And I have a, like, I have a major longing to to do that. (laughs) That kind of that Aspen, like classic, uh, bull or elk, uh, country. Yeah. Um, it just for, for a lot of the, and and I think there's some hunts that you can kill giant bulls in that setting and that, I I just think those hunts probably take a lot longer to, you know, those are going to be the pretty exclusive draw tags and stuff like that. You know, if you're, you know, basically I'm, I'm trying to hunt elk that are pioneering in, in new areas and that's not going to be what you see on a, mm-hmm. you know, an old field stream cover, you know, <laughs> it's just not gonna, but it doesn't mean, I mean, I've gotten into, I get Scrambles. into some pretty big messes. I mean, I'll give you, you killed the bull in the timber this year. I, I did. There was a tree. <laughs> there was a tree. I wanted to just, you know, wanted to throw people for a loop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about, um, Montana this year is opening up the seventh, which is kind of a big deal. Um, yep. And one of the things, like as we look at tag strategy, um, I think a lot of 
what plays into that for me is just like understanding season start dates, understanding, you know, a lot of like what's going to, what that's going to change. And also like the time frame. So understanding that Wyoming we're putting in in January, but we'll know before you have to put in anywhere else. So that kind of changes some things where I don't think a lot of people think about like, okay, well I'll know if I draw this or not, where in some States you have to put in and you won't know. So it's kind of like you got to play a little more reserved that way because you don't want to draw it after you draw everything else. Right. Yeah. It puts in a little bit of a bind. That's the nice thing about Wyoming. Yeah. You'll know end of February, Mm -hmm. you know, third week, I think it is February or for sure. By the end of February, you'll know if you do or not. With that first season open, like what are you thinking about this year? You going to go chase some deer? Yeah. So my kind of my strategy every year, I want to hunt two elk tags. Right. So you know, Montana is going to take however long it takes. So I, I just plan for that. And I, I always try to draw a second tag and, um, try to prioritize that tag to, to make it fit or kind of around the Montana season. So with Montana season opening the seventh, then I'm looking at early the States that you can hunt elk early. Like, mm. you know, obviously Nevada is tough to draw, but Nevada's one, um, Utah, I'm out for Utah right now, but that would be one. You could go early, uh, first season, New Mexico, uh, and Wyoming, it's open up the first. So you've got that first week of September window and, and some of those other States are in August, a little bit of August. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got that chance for a, an early, uh, early elk hunt before the Montana season opens, which, so, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of building that into my strategy this year and then kind of see how the elk draws play out. And, you know, if, if I'm not, if I don't end up getting the tag, an early tag, uh, before the Montana elk season, then I'm, I'm definitely, you know, looking at what I can do for a mule deer because it'd be sweet to be sweet to kill a big old fuzzy mule deer too. A little bit. Sean, Sean's gonna be hunting mule deer in September. I know. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. I'll do it though for sure. I think you know I want to be back in Montana for sure a few days before. You Are know, you worried about season. not being able to scout right before season? That's kind of one of my thoughts. It's like, God, yeah, I could be gone that week, but then that leaves me like, what, 10 days before season not having a clue about what's been happening here. Yeah, not really. I mean, I think if I only had, you know, if I was going to come back and start hunting opening day on the 7th and I only had, you know, a week or two weeks or something, mm-hmm. then I'd be probably a lot more concerned about it. But I think no matter what, I would still come back a few days before the opener. Mm-hmm. But then I know I have just how I'll take as long as I need to take. So I'm really not too worried about it. Cause I think, I mean, you grow, you're going well into October, um, uh, with your archery tag in Montana, yeah. if, you, if you need to, I think, dude, that's such a, it's a catch 22. Cause like it gives you this false hope to have this, you're like, well, it goes till the 12th of October, but everything changes in October, at least in my limited experience. Yeah. A lot of stuff changes, but I mean, early October can be, awesome. true. you know, by then, um, usually in, in early October and even, I've even noticed late September. I mean, if most bow hunters, if, if you're not tagged out, you know, a lot of them are out of vacation. I mean, if you, if you're like me and you have time on your side, the, that early October can be awesome. Cause in a lot of cases, the rut will still be just cranking away. Yeah. And so. people, I mean, I didn't notice that this year that pretty much just felt like everyone gave up. Yeah. I like left. It was like, Oh, it's ghost. Town. First, first storm hits. Like in September when you get that hard freeze and snow, like no one wants to bow hunt yeah. there. It's kind of game over. It's not comfy anymore. But which is weird to me. Like I feel like people don't really hunt very hard the first week in Montana either. Yeah, man. I mean, if we're being honest, I don't think people really hunt that hard, period. 
That's true. You know? Well, not all of us scout in January. I mean, I know everybody's got different circumstances. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's... So, uh, looking at early season stuff, as far as, you know, where you're going around there, any, I guess any, like, you're, you're talking about going deer. So, we, I mean, if you were going to go elk, any, like, how do you think of it? Does it change, like, with... I would say an August start date. Are you looking at different types of terrain than, I mean, you're kind of hunt the same thing anyway. You hunt spot and stock where I would look yeah. at things differently because I'm like, okay, this is my technique, but it's probably not the best technique for late August hunts, like August 15, you know, like say you were looking at a Nevada early, uh, looking at terrain could be different versus like, okay, here's my game. I usually look for timber, uh, North timber where I'm hunting that, where, you know, if I'm going to have a, August tag, I may look for something different. Yeah, I'm wanting, like, I mean, if you could draw it up, like, for me, I want glassable. Um, I want probably an area with limited water so that, you know, there can be some kind of, you know, that's at least something that kind of funnels them to to a certain area or a focus area. Um, And then the early hunts, I mean, I think are are awesome because a lot of times those big bulls are going to be soloed up. It's kind of that weird time between when they rub off their velvet, uh, after they rub their velvet off and before they really start to rut, you know? So a lot of times those old big bulls, you know, they're going to kind of be off doing their own, their own thing and they can be super tough to find in that time period. But the cool thing is if you do find them, yeah. I mean, you're one-on-one. So the hard part is like, you can't really scout them cause they're going to move. Well, maybe depending on the day that opens, <laughs> they may move or they may not. Yeah. yeah. It ain't easy, man. That's that's the thing. Is that's <laughs> what we talk about time and yeah. I mean, I hunted a bull in Utah that you know I was watching him uh, on the first morning. I actually, stocked him on the first morning of the season, uh, and then he, I mean, disappeared. I looked for him for the next eighteen days and never saw him again. It's just that weird. Do you get stuck time. on a bull? Like if you have one bull, that one you- I did, <laughs> like in a bad way. <laughs> But I guess this year you kind of had a big bull and you just, when he was gone, you didn't, you didn't really sweat it too much, did you? No, nah, it was just, I mean, you can only control what you can control, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a big bull that I can hunt, then I'm going to, I'm going to stick to him. But, you know, if I know that he's, you know, peeled off and gone, gone somewhere where it's. So you're like, if I'll you prioritize two hunts per year, like, are they both September? You kind of mentioned like, okay, I'm going to. Obviously, with this year being the seventh, I can maybe squeeze in a hunt there, and then I'll have the rest of September. What's the rest of your year look like? Are you, do you ever hunt in October? Yeah, well, just it it all depends on what happens in Montana, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I go, if I take out, you know, earlier mid season in Montana, then I've still got some time in September and early October to to move on to the next tag, depending on you know mm-hmm. what that tag might be. You know, I guess the of the three out of state tags i've had i've hunted one one was utah i hunted before i hunted the whole season in utah before i hunted montana then i came back to montana and killed my bull here on the first day of hunting here and then the other two uh i hunted actually i've had three three other tags and the the other three were all after so they're all later so later september october but as far as like deer tags what's your thinking this year you're gonna do you gonna stack October, November. You try to do one hunt per month, or yeah, I don't know. It kind of depends on on. It really depends on you know when you you'll find out February, uh, you know in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So that'll be 
you know, I would say probably if I don't draw Wyoming this year, then I'll be mule deer hunting. In October? No, in oh, August. You're going to go. September. Early. Before. before high country stuff. October, usually for me is, is like, I like that first 10 days of October for, I mean, I think is, is awesome. So if I have an elk tag in my pocket during that time, I'm going to be hitting it hard. After that. Are you it, applying for any tags then though? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean tags that go into October. Okay. Yeah, I mean like the Montana tag is is tag a perfect example, right? Like it goes goes into it. so if there's if there's any tags like that, but yeah, I mean really most of them, most of them that I'm going to put in for are probably going to be early, you know, rather than late. So you doing it? What are you doing in November? Deer? November deer. Yeah. Do you want when are we going to Nodak? <laughs> That's November. November. So yeah. I love hunting a whitetail in the rut and a mule deer. I mean, I got a soft spot for deer too, but I love <laughs> bow hunting in the rut. It's yeah. awesome. Like that's, it's one of my favorite things to do. I did it again this year. killed a sweet whitetail in North Dakota. That's where I, I was like hunting in the rut. I don't really care if I'm bow hunting or rifle hunting though. Usually every time I shoot something with my rifle, I'm like, man, I wish I would put it done with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> rifle hunting during the rut's like shopping. <laughs> It's like, I want that one. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> so, but I kind of want to do Colorado third season. That's why I'm hesitant to jump in on early season. Cause I was like, man, every, t- every year I see pictures from third season, Colorado. I'm like, I need to get down there. That looks like, yeah, guys are doing pretty good on that tag. I mean, that's, it's just whatever your cup of tea is. I mean, for me, yeah. if I'm going to, uh, I'd love to just hunt a big velvet mule deer, you know? Mm. So if I'm going to put some time in before Montana elk season on another tag, uh, if it's not an elk tag, it, it's going to be either high country Colorado or it's going to be Nevada. Yeah. I just want to hunt them in the rut. I just want to hunt fuzzy ones. Rut. Fuzzy ones. Big fuzzy velvet ones. I also would say that this year has kind of taught me that if I'm going to have a mule deer tag, I want it to be a good one. I don't like spending a bullet of time chasing shadows or like non-existent deer. I don't know. Like I just don't, I'm not that crazy about mule deer hunting that I'm willing to grind it out for 20 days to see a 140 buck. Yeah. You know? I'm with you there. I I want to draw good mule deer tags if I'm going out of state, but my ace in the hole is always, you know, I grew up in North Dakota. So I, I, I know, you know, where I grew up, I know that area so well. And they, that is almost always opens the last week, uh, last weekend of August or very early in September. So it's always open hmm. pretty early. So that's like my Your fall permanent back. fallback. Yeah. And uh-huh. the archery season goes from, you know, end of August till January. So it, it never stops. So <laughs> it's pretty sweet. So <laughs> I can go back there and hunt that. And like, I can go back, I can hunt or I can scout whitetail in the summer. You know, if I find a big whitetail that I want to hunt, then, you know, if I fall in love with one, then I'll hunt him early or, you know, I could switch it up and hunt mule deer. So that's kind of like my, my ultimate fallback if I, if I'm not drawn any other, and, and sometimes like I, I would actually prefer to do that. I mean, there's, there's some pretty awesome deer out there. So, and then, you know, another thing that you learn spending time in Wyoming, I mean, or in, in, excuse me, in Montana, uh, I mean this year early, I saw a 200 inch mule deer in Montana this year, hunting elk early. Um, I actually almost stepped on one one year while I was stalking a bull. I mean, I should have shot him, but I didn't want to screw up the elk. <laughs> Smart so, man. <laughs> and I killed the elk, so it's probably a good choice. But he was, I mean, he was like a mid-80s, non-typical in velvet. Yeah. 
And so like, there's another part of me that's like, man, maybe I should just put a little more time into the Montana mule deer thing. In the early season? It's tough because Montana, I mean, it's just, it's such a, I mean, there's just way too many rifle tags, way too long of a season encompasses the whole rut. So, I mean, it's pretty hard for a deer to get big in Montana. But I do think they get big. Some. It seems to me like they, they just learned how to hide during the rut or some, or they go somewhere or something because you see them. Yeah, they go into your in freezer. That's where they go. Because <laughs> there's yeah, a billion you those, rifle tags. You think those big bucks you saw this year, do you think they got killed? Uh, maybe, maybe not, but I mean – you know, where they were at had a lot to do with it. You know, yeah. same reason that the bulls I'm hunting are big. Yeah. You know, they're in a, they're yeah, there's not a lot good, left. But that's place. the hard part about I don't want to – I would rather go to Colorado and spend third season down there than hunt Montana and feel like I'm – even though the downside to Colorado I feel like is people on every ridge, people on every corner. It really changes the experience, you know. There's, I, I like hunting when I don't see anyone. <laughs> Which yeah, is, and that's, uh, I think the early uh, archery is, you know, a lot more limited. So yeah. that could be another thing. And, and you're talking about going, you know, deep, deep mm-hmm. into some gnarly country. And that's going to phase out a few people too. Yeah, it sounds like it's getting bad on that, th- on that side too, though. I don't know. Too many people are doing mountain tough, man. Yeah. People are getting <laughs> too good a shape. <laughs> Everyone wants to go deep. Just uh, all-star hikers. <laughs> But the tag's still in the pocket on the way out. You know, the funny thing, I one of the things uh, Stuart was saying that I need to say on the podcast is like how many people think they're tough, go <laughs> in the backcountry and then shoot something and then like, oh, now I have this elk down. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Because we've been on a horseback multiple times and people are like, uh, yeah, can you pack our elk out for us? Because we're not going to be able to. Like, you were tough enough to get here. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of that going on too. Yeah. They don't really consider the whole out thing. What might happen if you actually get one <laughs> or how big this thing really is when you get there. It is pretty intimidating. You just have to like, for me, what I do is I just, I just try to take my mind into just a whole different place and just be like, this is going to suck for however long it sucks. Mm-hmm. And just kind of peace out world. I'm going to just be hiking for a while. <laughs> That's, I mean, there's, there's no one, other way. It's, it's head it's down one foot in front of the other. Yeah. It sucks. yeah. I think people, I think you, it's easy to blow it out of your, blow it out of proportion in your head and be like, Oh God, Oh God, what am I going to do? You know, like, how am I going to get this out of here? It looks impossible. One trip. One piece trip. of time, man. <laughs> just cut them up into pieces and start taking it out. And you know what, man? I mean, it, once you've done it, like, I don't know, man, the reward, it's very rewarding. Like, do it by yourself. I don't want um, a horse or a pack mule to steal my glory. <laughs> whatever. I'll take it. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. Yeah. That's whatever. my glory. So, you doing any antelope hunts besides Montana this year? Uh, you know what? I So, uh, just with work, I've spent a lot of time in Wyoming lately. And I probably could have should have killed about 25 or 30 with the buffer in my truck so far. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking maybe a, a Wyoming antelope tag is probably a, a good idea. Would you look at future. antelope tags and I might be biased this, but when you look at antelope tags, do you look at trophy or is it just kind of like whatever? Um, no, I don't really look uh, like for, you know, Montana, I get the statewide archer tag. So that's, mm. that's whatever. But like, if I was going to get a, you know, for instance, if I'm going to get a, uh, antelope tag in Wyoming. It, I'm going to do it in an area where I'm spending a lot of time. So not necessarily, I mean, I'm not 
I think it's a, you have to be a certain kind of sick to be the guy. And I, I know there's some of you out there listening. Don't, I mean, don't take any offense to this, but you gotta, you gotta be a special kind of crazy to be like putting in for antelope trophy tags. Like that's, yeah. if that's your thing, I mean, cool. But I mean, uh, I don't know, man. It's a go, it's a go, it's a go. Yeah. I mean, if, you, I mean, if, you're if I see like a Steve researching record. stats on antelope and like putting in, you're like, man, one of these years, I'm gonna draw a tag. I'm gonna sit in this water hole. It's like, all right, cool, man. That's your thing. Well, so I got really lucky and drew uh, best tag in Oregon on like three points, which is pure. It was it was pure karma because the year I drew, I had nine points, drew an antelope tag, broke my neck, like what, probably a week of season. So maybe a week before season. So broke my neck. Emailed him. I didn't. Eat, I mean, obviously, it's not priority when you break your neck. But a week later, or two weeks later, he asked him if I get my points back, and they said no. Uh, so I you lost. Just it. tough it out. I I was gonna go, but the doctor wouldn't let me. Wasn't it a rifle tag? <laughs> no, it was a bow tag. Oh, see, if it was a rifle tag, you could have just broke necked out there and, and got one. <sighs> That's true. my point. Yeah, I, dude. I don't even know. <laughs> I'd have to look back what day it started. I should have probably just toughened up. No, but anyway, so I didn't. I lost all my points. I was all pissed about it. And then I don't think I put in for a couple of years. This is like, you know, you know, antelope and Oregon's once in a lifetime, really. Like you get 15 yeah. points to draw stuff. And uh, so I'm like, oh, screw it. And then I start putting in. So I just put in for the hardest tag, uh, which is like Heart Mountain Bow. I don't know if it's the hardest tag. That's one of the better units. It's like a reserve for that. Draw it with two or three points. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. <laughs> so hunted that, passed like 40 bucks up and got to the point where I'm like, I don't really know what's good and what's not good. You know, <laughs> like it's just so, so many bucks and there's a good box. I shot a really good buck. Uh, and so I kind of have a big one now. I don't really, now I just like shooting them. Yeah. Yeah. Antelope hunting for me is just more of a relaxing, like it's more of a, a good time, a buddy hunt. Yeah. Like I go hard by myself usually for the elk thing. Um, you know, there's a few hunts that I like to do with, with friends, like deer hunting's, uh, I think, Mm-hmm. You know, for me, is more of a more of a social thing. Antelope, you know, same same. I like chasing antelope around. Yeah. So, I think that's what uh, this year. Yeah, this year I wanted to in my podcast in the first year. I was talking about like the types of hunt I want, and one of them like hunting with my buddies back from Oregon. And so I think this year we're all going to do a Wyoming antelope hunt because there's no pressure. You know, it's so easy. It's like it's awesome. Yeah, you it's go, a great time. I oh, mean, absolutely. It's it's a different kind of great time. I mean, yeah. it's not like you know, the, the ninth hour on the last day and you finally kill a giant bull. Like, yeah. It's not, that's a different kind of thing completely. Like yeah. the antelope, the antelope hunt is just, <laughs> just, it's just a damn good time. You yeah. Know? That's why I got the dual pane sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> for glassing. For course, glassing. Of course. But not, let, not that we For the record, we tested and, and you can stand up with full draw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could maybe possibly, if you were so inclined. <laughs> to shoot at a target <laughs> to test it yeah just yeah. a test for testing <laughs> what if you were driving through a field that's still i don't think you can do that oh. i'm pretty sure that's not it's not something we promote here on the Under- Ch- outdoors, <laughs> outdoor podcast i was hypothetical dude <laughs> <laughs> research purposes <laughs> exactly uh what else do we not cover i, I yeah, actually i know that's not I, statute of limitations may or may not be up on this but when I was in college, actually, I won't, I won't name the people or the location, but <laughs> there, I may or may not have been involved in a coyote hunt in which the, the method of, of hunting was, 
uh, multiple vehicles take off at full speed across stubble fields in the middle of winter. That's not legal. I, I mean, it should be. I don't know if it is or if it isn't, and I'm not saying I was involved or not. <laughs> but may, you know, it might have happened. So okay, yeah. duly noted. Side note. <laughs> uh, it was effective. It was effective. Uh, what else should we cover on elk? Favorite states. Let's let's go over like some of the generic stuff for guys. Like, what states do you like for kind of just not guys that only shoot three seventy five plus bulls? Just like best overall elk hunting states. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Wyoming's unbelievable. I think. You don't think it's getting overpopulated though? I mean, the I guess over not overhunted, like but with just people? like yeah. Just have you ever well, been I mean, to Wyoming? There's nobody there. I get that, but it takes four years now to get a damn general tag. Yeah, I, I think the, the the special drop price is probably going to make. I mean, if you're willing mm. to drop you know, almost thirteen hundred dollars on a general tag, which. I mean, so for everyone, Wyoming updated their prices in this. So there's full price, regular, full price, special. And there's basically they split the tags 60 40. uh, So 60% of non resident tags go to the regular price and 40 40 go in the special. Special. So in theory, which is not always the case, special should be easier to draw because it's more expensive. But I don't know that. A lot of times it makes a shit of it a difference. This year, I think it will though, yeah, because they jumped it up to what did you say, twelve eighty three? Yeah, twelve hundred eighty three dollars for an elk tag for a general tag for a general tag. It's a lot of money. You got to be serious about your three hundred bull. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Montana's not that far off though. For a, um, um, yeah, I, I think I, I didn't say Mon- I think Montana's would be terrible the obvious state. No, choice for it's me. Bad. You know, it's, it's Idaho, Montana's Wyoming. good elk country. Wyoming's <laughs> I mean, Colorado's a ton of elk. Uh, I, I think, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about like the general elk hunter, you're, you're thinking about Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, right? Because I think you're, you're probably thinking more like Utah, Nevada, Arizona, hmm. even New Mexico, probably more, you know, trophy units maybe. I think New Mexico is getting really tough to draw too. So it's kind of like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But you got landowner tags and there's other. Yeah, but the average guy is not going to go buy a landowner tag. Yeah. I mean, if he was going to be, so that's why it's more of a trophy. Grand. Yeah, it's a trophy. It's spot. more of a trophy state. Which I think it used to be definitely an average, air, you know, an average hunt for a guy. Like they, New Mexico, you could draw every couple of years. Now, like twenty yeah. maybe. Good luck. Twenty yeah. percent is really good odds. Yeah. For areas that you're going to kill like a rag six, that's insane. Yeah, I don't. I, Wyoming is it's it's gets complicated with the wilderness thing. Yeah, but there's a ton of elk in that state, and there's no people there, and there's not that many bow hunters. So, like, if you really like bow hunting, I mean, do a little bit of homework and find some public land, draw a general tag. I think, I mean, if if your goal is just to kill an elk, that that might be one of the better states to do it in. Do you say Wyoming over Colorado? Uh, I would say just because I have more experience there. You know, I don't have a, you know, I've never hunted elk in Colorado. You know. Uh. So I can't, I can't really speak to that. I know there's a ton of elk there, but a ton of elk, but there's a ton of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it sounds like, I think, man, to me, that's number one. Like you could have twice, like you take unit A and unit B. If there's twice as many people hunting unit B, I don't care if there's a quarter of the elk in unit A, I'd rather go there. 
I'd rather just know people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think, I think, uh, I mean, Idaho's got some pretty awesome general tag elk hunting and, you know, everybody talks about how downhill it's gone with the wolves and stuff, but I mean, there's still some pretty awesome hunting out there and, um, same with, you know, parts of Montana on the general tag. I mean, it's definitely tough. Like the general tag is a tough hunt. I think probably anywhere you go, but it, you can have a good hunt if you're willing to, like you said, if you put the same time and focus into it as if you were doing a, you know, say a trophy hunt, right? It's a good way to look at it. Probably going to have some success. Yeah. If you're like, Hey, I'm going to kill. And that's the thing is I tell people all the time, like when I started only hunting big bulls, you know how many times I'd run into small bulls and everyone gets pissed <laughs> when I pass up elk. I'm like, if you start hunting elk the way you're looking for the biggest bull in the unit, it's amazing how many elk walk by you or, you know, stand right there. I don't know if there's something to be said for like, just the fact that I'm not going to shoot them. So no, I, it's just pure chance it's, that they're standing there. There's definitely some karma involved. Yeah. <laughs> but I seriously believe if you hunt for the biggest herd bull in the unit, you're going to kill a 300. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're forcing yourself to, to be the best hunter you can be if you're trying yeah. to kill that biggest bull. Right. So I think just in the process I mean, you're gonna you're gonna come across you know some some pretty awesome opportunities. I mean, if you're hunting a giant bull who's a who's a herd bull, you know, say if you're just ghosting him, and you're you're never wanting to like push the issue. Like, how how many run-ins are you gonna have with? Oh yeah, That's exactly know, satellite <laughs> bulls that are falling into that category. It's gonna it's gonna start to make you mad. Oh, that's, that's, know? that's my issue is yeah. like, as I'm always, you know, in thicker stuff and following a herbal and inevitably you're going to bump into satellites all the time. And there's 300 satellites, you know, and like, that happened to you, I think a few, Oh, a few a times, times this, this year. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even the, well, even the bull that I killed was like, it was a sat. He wasn't with that same herd and he had kind of peeled off and was running around and he was like a herd bull the week before I think I saw him. And then, but it was kind of that same area, you know, it just, just being around elk. That's all it is. Like the more you put yourself around elk, it, you know, in their vicinity, you're going to have run-ins with them. Let's talk about this. So, so what are your goals then? I mean, we talk about like, you know, what, kind of our application strategy is, but like, what's your, like, what's your, your goals going into this season? For 2019, like all together? Yeah. Like for, for hunt, hunting. 350 bull. That'd be one of them. Like, that's like big priority this year. Uh, just so, get one on the ground. doesn't matter. Archery, rifle, no, what archery. state. You just want to get a 350 a 350 bull with my bow. Like, I don't really care. I don't think I'm going to do any rifle hunting for elk this year. Unless it's like freezer filling. Um, so, f- I mean, obviously fill the freezer. This is one of the things I was kind of interested in and in like going, maybe going to Idaho first week when, before Montana's open, plug in a bowl, like just shoot a six point or five point, like whatever comes out. You might want to just get that air out of your system. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just like that might be, be good done. for you. That's what antelope <laughs> is good for. Yeah. Just send, send it. <laughs> send it. But I feel like if the freezer's full, then I don't like, I'm never in that predicament. Remember that predicament I was like in this year? I was like, do I wait? You know, do I just try to kill this big bull or like I can go kill this bull? And you're, like, you're always in that like, I don't want to like go empty handed because I still got to eat all winter. Uh, so like go to Idaho, 
shoot a bull or maybe Oregon, shoot a bull or an elk, fill the freezer. Then I can just focus on 350. I'm basically blocking out pretty much most of September for Montana and I'm going to kill a 350 bull. That's kind of the primary goal. Numero yeah. uno. Yeah. Essentially. I like it. <laughs> Is that bad? No, it's awesome. <laughs> so then my next goal is like, I want to do a hunt with my Oregon buddies. So we're going to do that antelope hunt together, you know, probably early October, depending on what everyone else has, what draws happen, things like that. Uh, so do a Wyoming antelope hunt. Um, we're going to do the unlimiteds this year. That's kind of like my solo test myself. We don't speak of that on the podcast. Yeah, we don't speak of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many people listen to this one. So, uh, so that's kind of one of them, you know, that's kind of like my adventure hunt, if you will, like test yourself, maybe almost die a few times. That's awesome. You need one of those every year. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, kind of goals wise, it's pretty much like my main ones. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Okay. Of course I want to stack a few others in there, but. I mean, you really, I mean. One one big goal of, of killing a three fifty bull is plenty for a season, yeah. man. Like that's yeah. It's hard to do, right? So And like everything else is like it's gonna happen. So like I'm you know, if you and I go to deer hunting or whatever, like that's a part of it. And like you want all those things, but I don't necessarily like write that as a goal. Yeah. Beat Sean. <laughs> Kill a bigger bull than Sean. <laughs> Good luck. Well, you might strike out because you're like way big or bust. Yeah, I'm starting to kind of get to the point where my my goals are changing a little bit. Like, I, I don't know anymore. Like, I, I'm with you on the I want a an awesome adventure. Like, I really want to get get that out of a season. But I think I can get that in. Like, I can experience that if I'm hunting a, a specific bull for however long. You know, if it takes me 25 days to kill a single bull in a you know fairly harsh environment. That's, that's I would, awesome I would to say that too. too, like not just like kill a 350 bull because if I get out of the truck and a 350 bull runs by, I'm, yes, I'm going to shoot it, but it will not be as good as if I find a bull in July or June and I watch that bull all summer and I kill him. Those are two totally different things. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you spend a ton of time watching elk all year. So it's like, I mean, you've shot bulls that are just kind of like, uh, I had the chance. So I took it. It's just a different different vibe or different yeah, experience. Think, like the ultimate for me is, is finding the one that you want. And, and, and I'm not holding anybody else to my standards. Like when I say that it's, when I say finding the one you want, whatever that might be, like if it's a, a raghorn or whatever, if you just want to kill it, your first bull or your first elk yeah. or a 300 is your benchmark or a 350 is your benchmark or 400 is your benchmark, whatever that is, you know, like to me, the ultimate uh, is finding that animal on your own, you know, and just putting the time and the effort into to trying to figure him out, pattern him, you know, and then ultimately get the best of him, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's for sure. I've done it a couple times, and it's that's the most rewarding thing. Like the, again, this year that'll be my goal, and and I don't know what that animal is going to be. You know, I don't know how big he's going to be or whatever, but I'm just going to try to. The goal is going to be to try to find the biggest one that I can find, and and hunt him. You know, is world record like I know it's like glimpsed the back of your head a few times. Like, is it still there, or is that changed a little bit? Or, I mean, I'd be lying if if I said I I didn't 
you know, want to kill a bull that bro- broke a, the world record, I'd be yeah. a lie. You know, like, yeah. cor- like I want to kill the biggest one I can find. So, yeah. you know, if I can find one that's that's the world record, then I, I'm not going for that. Like, I wouldn't say like I'm trying to break the world record, yeah. but I'm not trying not to either. There's know? like so many variables there. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like when you you talk like, the world record, like a lot of record animals, like it's pretty rare that somebody would do it on purpose. So I think, you know, if, if, if I were to, I, I guess the way I would want to do it would be to do it on purpose, right. To find, to, to do it intentionally, I think would be pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's also super cool if, if somebody get a lot of records get broken by, you know, somebody just gets lucky. Like it seems like it's either that way. If somebody just gets <laughs> yeah. completely lucky or, or somebody did it on purpose. And I think it's probably a lot more rare when someone does it on purpose, well, it seems like if it's on purpose, it's usually like some rich dude that, you know, someone's got it tied up somewhere like on a private chunk and they sell it to this guy and he shoots it. Yeah. Cause inevitably if like it was on purpose, it seems like someone's going to sell that. Yeah. Because they have like, they know this secret thing. I don't know. Right. There's, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just, you know, I want to, I want to find it, figure it out, hunt it and kill it. And you know, I, the the world record now is so ridiculous that it's kind of <laughs> like you know it and for a guy who like you know I just I'm hunting public land uh you know private land if I can get permission huh. you know I don't have any special access anywhere so you know to try to try to say you're going to break the world record yeah, is a bit extreme I, mean, I don't I don't know if that's even really something but I mean it could happen but I'm just going to try to find the, uh, take as much inventory, catalog as many as I can use, you know, everything that I know to try to find the, the biggest bulls that I can. And then, you know, basically at the end of the summer, I have one picked out and I want to kill that one, you know, yeah, hopefully it stays there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, what are the goals you got this year besides big bull? That's it. That's it. My only goal this year is it, my, my main goal is to, is to have more discipline this year and oh, interesting and holding more out discipline. And, oh, and and I think I have out. to, yeah. I mean, I think I have to almost force myself to say I'm okay with eating the tag. You know, like I don't need another 370. you know, like I know I'm sorry <laughs> that makes me sound like a Jack, but that's good for you. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Like I just, I gotta, but you know, the funny thing about that is, is like, I've also, I've seen bulls that are like three in the three sixties that like, really turn my crank, you know, like sometimes how they're built. Yeah. Like, so it kind of, I mean, sometimes if I see one of those bulls and I'm like, man, like I really want to get, like there's one bull that I've known for multiple years now, but he's his configuration. He's five on one side and seven on the other. So he's not built to score, but he's a giant bull, heavy, yeah. old is, I mean, he's an awesome bull. And, you know, I don't even know what he would score. He, he maybe would probably score like around three seventy. Uh, but I mean, again, he's just got like one G one and then a back end on one side mm-hmm. and like this little claw for a third, which I don't, I guess you'd call it a second cause he doesn't have a G two. Oh, and then he's really? got seven on his other side and he's, I mean, he is a stud and it's like, man, I don't know if I could like, so that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm talking about. The discipline of <laughs> holding up. if I can pass those or, or, you know, really just self-evaluating if I really, if, if I really do want to pass those kind of bowls or, or if I'm cool with killing them you know if it if it's something special like that then it almost means something different but i think my main focus is to 
to lock in on one and then and hunt and kill that one. Like, that's were you kind of bummed though this year that you only got one stock? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never really thought of it like that. Uh, no, because it was an awesome stock. <laughs> I mean, it started at first light and ended at you know around five o'clock in the afternoon. That's pretty pretty intense stock. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it like it? Was it you telling me about a snake on a stock? Oh, yeah, I had a snake crawl up to me. That was that was when I was glassing. Oh, that's I had right. A nice rattlesnake come visit me. Point blank. <laughs> that sketch. I thought it was just a mouse like hopping around <laughs> in the grass, <laughs> and I'm like laying down because I'm trying to kind of hide from the wind. I'm like laying on my side. It's body scope. I could just hear it getting closer, and like yeah, just look over, and there's just nice prairie rattler <laughs> looking at me in the eye, <laughs> looking his tongue out at me. Like, oh. Hi. Hello. <laughs> That's sketch. Yeah, he caught a rock. Uh, he caught a rock. Uh, yeah. That's kind of my goals this year. Yeah. So if anybody's got any questions or like stuff you want us to go over more, tag strategies, things like that, hit us up. Uh, we could probably do this again. Uh, we're thinking about doing a QA. and a I don't know if we're going to do it on that. Maybe we'll do a QA and a on elk hunting or something. Yeah, we, we should do some, some elk hunting Q&A. Yeah. I'm sure people have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hit us up. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Wapatee Wednesday. If you guys have questions that either we didn't cover in this episode or you just like to see in future episodes, be sure to drop us a line at info at therichoutdoors.net or be sure to join the Rich Outdoors Insiders Group on Facebook for more information as well as some really cool gear giveaways. Thanks for listening, guys.